for I, I can't tell kids you got to be all in and do things all the time and do things the right way. And then when it's my turn to do that, coward out of it and try to get you know back to or something like that. So I just did pr pretty much what I believe in and pretty much what I kind of preach. And, you know, and it was my turn to do it. And then, like I said, 24 hours, I had a job. Wow, man, that's that's yep. something else. I mean, you can't throw in the towel just because you got no. bad news. Nope. Welcome to Unstoppable. Are you tired of inspiration and ready for action? Are you ready to study the process of success? My name is Ralph Graves Jr. And on this show, we will hear stories of amazing people who are not just dreaming, they're actually living the life they want. Now, if you're ready to start moving toward the dreams you know you can reach, you are in the right place. This is Unstoppable with Ralph Graves Jr. Welcome everybody to the return of the Unstoppable podcast. And I'm your host, Ralph Graves Jr. Guys, it's been a minute, um, and, but we are happy to be back and relaunching this podcast. And uh, I felt it was so fitting to relaunch this podcast uh, with this particular guest. He's a friend of mine, but not because he's a friend of mine, but because he has so much insight um, on, on what we're going to talk about today, being unstoppable and, and pouring into our uh, the next generation. My friend, I, I'm going to call him Coach, Coach John Small. What's up, brother? How are you? Hey, how you doing, Ralph? Thanks again <laughs> for having me on, man. I'm honored. Man, I'm just so glad to have you back on the program. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, man. Since since you asked me back on, I've I've thought about it. I've laughed. I've you know I've like I, I can't wait to just talk and you know yeah. And uh, you know, last time I knew we had a a particular topic, it was it was right after George Floyd, and we were talking about specific things. And sure. you know, I really don't know where we're going with this one tonight, but I kind of like that too, man. Let's just yeah. do it, you know, and uh, see where it goes. I think that the audience ought to be warned that uh, John and I have a history goes back to high school where uh, we were rivals that have now become very close friends. I don't even know how that even happened. I coached one or two years yeah. where he was coaching. I, I was coaching football and you ever meet, we just clicked, man. What it was an instant, about, inst man? instant bond. It was instant an instant bond. bond. Yep. Instant bond, man. And, yep. and here we are today, years later, and here we are today. Well, man, look, I had you on this program. I'm going to bring you back, man, because of um, just not only your work with 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 children and work in school, but as a, as a football coach, yep. um, a lot of parents, a lot of kids, um, they don't know what it takes or or they they might be wondering what it takes when they talk about next level and when, when they talk about being unstoppable. But before we get into that, man, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourselves, man? How, how did you become a coach? When did you start coaching? What was your your, your first coach? And when did you really learn how to coach? Well, I mean, I was a multi-sport athlete growing up. Um, looking back on it now, I was probably a better baseball player than a football player. And I had some offers to play baseball in college, but there's no way I was giving up on football. And I guess my football level was more like D3, D2, and baseball was a little bit higher, but I wasn't good enough to play football at, you know, Alabama or somewhere like that. So, you know, and I was I was dating my wife in high school and she was staying local. So I wound up going to, uh, to Glassboro State at the time. I played there. And I, that's really, you know, I, I was debating between being a state trooper and, and being a phys ed teacher and a coach. Okay. And, and, you know, I just had some really good role models growing up. I mean, you know, I grew up poor. I grew up a single mom and I leaned on my coaches a lot of growing up and I wanted to kind of give that back. Yeah. And, and that was kind of my main thing. Plus, plus just my absolute love of the game. 
yeah. um, which is like, I mean, faith family football, I use the hashtag all the time. And it, there, there, there couldn't be a more perfect hashtag for me in my life. Yeah. I, you know, my faith is unspoken. My family's always coming first here on earth anyway. And, um, and football's next, man. And, and like, I don't really have any hobbies. It's football, 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 football. And now that my kids are older, um, you know, it's, it's all football. I mean, you know, they, they all went their separate ways. My oldest got married, he's having a baby in April. Yeah. Um, my youngest is living down at college. It's a whole nother story. My daughter's now a kindergarten teacher. So, I mean, I have a lot of time and yeah. it's all football and, yeah. you know, it's just, it's something that's important to me. It's something that, you know, uh, I don't. You know, it's funny. Um, do you remember the Sports Illustrated cover? It was Warren Sapp and John Gruden when they were with Tampa Bay, and Gruden's making like the face like this, and Sapp's like whatever. But I remember that there, there were many nights where it's like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, I'm still working, and I look over, and it was almost like Gruden was looking at me. And if you remember Gruden, all oh, the three a.m. and I'm up at three fifteen, and all, and yeah. I that actually kept me up some nights because I was like, oh, I'm not going to bed. Gruden would Gruden would stay up and and. You know, I to this day, like this past weekend, we just found out we're going to play Camden Eastside. If I say Woodrow Wilson during this podcast, I, right. I, I apologize, but I've said Woodrow Wilson for 40 years, so it's hard to get that. But of course, um, we play Camden Eastside Saturday, and I slept five hours over the weekend, Saturday night, Sunday night, five hours total, just yeah. trying to get a game plan to try to, you know, go in there and be successful. And some people are like, you know, you're crazy for doing that kind of stuff, but still, I am. I mean, I'm all in all the time, and you know, um, I, it's just who I am at this point, but I, I just love coaching. I love giving back. I love being with the kids. I love helping the kids. I said, a kid text me. He's like, coach, I got to miss, I got to leave early tomorrow. Just while well, I was waiting for you to come on. And I said, listen, man, you know, you got to do, we got to do. It's a job interview. He has to go. I mean, it's yeah. playoff week. Yeah. You know, you got to do it. And I said, well, you know, we'll work it out. And then I texted him uh, back at the end and I said, I'm really proud of you. And I said, I was hard on you this year because I think you could be great. And you responded, and I'm proud of you for that. He's like, I love you, coach. Yeah, that was yeah. two minutes ago. I love that. So yep. I'm, I'm a young guy. I'm 25. I'm 26. I want to get into coaching. I'm 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 single, whatever the case may be. What what would you tell me? How how do I get into this coaching thing? Now you you have you have a background in playing though. I have a background in playing. Okay, so okay, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's two roads because right. some, some of them don't, but yeah. I do have a background. Right. Okay, so that. I mean, you, you got to take your experiences you have. I mean, you played for a great coach in, in Corby yeah. and, you know, certainly a great program. I mean, I never beat Deptford growing up in anything. I mean, it was always, you know, you know, you, you're playing Deptford, you're getting whooped. And it was funny because the other day, uh, my, me and my wife have been together since 1985, but we broke up for three days one time our senior year. Okay. And we had played Deptford on homecoming. And I actually had a really great game, even though we got crushed. So all my boys wanted to go out and do something. And she wanted to go to like a homecoming dance or something. And <laughs> so I went with them and we wound up. And it was just the other day. It was 38 years ago or something like that. But uh, right, right. it was Deptford evolved in that again, you know, and that was Zach Dumas <laughs> and Billy Williams and all those guys, Ralph Graves. And yeah, you know, yeah. that was, that was a great team. And uh, yeah. yeah, so you, you got to take your experiences and, and build off that. I mean, you know, me, I mean, I've learned from so many people and I, yeah, that's the other part about being a coach. I, I look at it like I want to learn something new every day. Okay. If I go to a coaching clinic in Atlantic City, like if we, if we go down there, like the Glazier Clinic or Nike Clinic or something, people go down there, get away from their wives, party for the weekend, go gamble, you know, whatever else they do, just, you know, whatever. I go down there to learn. And if I could bring one thing back from that clinic, then the three days I'm down there was worth it. It could be a drill. Yeah. It could be, you know, how to punters, you know, these guys do these, you know, the, the, the rugby style punts, it could be anything. But yeah. if I learned one thing, then it was all worth it. And if I was going to get a young coach in, like, like my youngest son wants a coach. 
Okay. So, you know, he can't jump in and just take over the defense because he's got my blood in him or something like that. You know what I mean? He's got to right. learn the processes of how you game plan, how you break down film. And I think, you know, you take Bill Belichick as an example. He takes these young guys that have like you never heard of before and he sticks them in a room. He says, break down these three games and I want every detail. And then he gives them back the report. It's just red, 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 red all over. Like, and there's like eye opening for you. Yeah. And I, I I think you have to, that's extreme, but I think you have to, you know, just be all in. I mean, I'm not saying football's got to be your life because that's a little, you know, shallow, but I think you just have to immerse yourself in it and every aspect of it and just keep looking at it. Like, I'm never going to stop learning. I got, I can learn from everybody. Everybody yeah. I come in a contact with within the game, you can learn from whether it's reading a book, watching YouTube, watching a video. I mean, I got so many coaching tapes. I probably spent $10,000, $15,000 on coaching tapes over the years. But coach, what you're describing, and this is why I love the game of football. And, yeah. and, and listeners, if you never played football, this is this is bigger than football. Yeah. What you're describing is what it takes to be successful in anything. Oh, with, without a doubt. In anything. Without there are doubt. extra hours. There's time. They're yep. studying. You yep. still have to be. Here's that word. You still got to be coachable. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, you're, you're right. And, and you know what? My 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 drive that I have, um, you know, it, it, like last year it was like Brett's getting married, and I'm like, all right, I got to get in shape for his wedding. I like I've been struggling with that. I got bad knees. I got bad this, bad that. Yeah. So I got back into working out, and once again, like that that it clicked, and I was yeah. gym at four thirty in the morning. Boom, boom, boom. Now I just tore my rotator cuff and probably need surgery because you know yeah. I I think I'm thirty instead of fifty five, but <laughs> you know it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I love that you described what you described, man, the, the, the putting in the work. And that's what it takes to be unstoppable. Yeah. And um, that's what it takes to, to to make and also resilience as well. But let me let me ask you this. Tell us about share with us. Um, and and I, I know some of the some of the stories, but but share with us, man, uh, a hard period in your life where you know what? I just had to work through it. I just had to work through it. Everything it's it's mm -hmm. different, but everything is going to be okay. Come on, share well, one of those moments with us. Sure. Um, Timber Creek. When Timber Creek opened, it was um, I was coming off coaching at Deptford with Al, and we had a couple championship seasons, and we were really good. And uh, you know, Timber Creek offered me the job, so I'm a ten year teacher. I got three little kids. I gave up tenure, jumped over to Timber Creek. Well, I'm not going to point fingers at anybody, but right from the get go, it was a bad situation like a really bad situation. It was something like, well, I'm stuck here now and there's I, there's no way out for me. So I worked through it and, uh, you know, we, we didn't win enough. I mean, the school had one win prior to me being there. We won nine games in three years. We were in probably 15 of the 21 we lost and she fired me. So now I'm 38 years old. I don't have a job. And, you know, a lot of people right there were kind of going to tank, but I came home. My wife met me at the front door and I told her, don't worry about it. The next day I got offered a job. 24 wow. hours later, because wow. Wow. I, I I had faith. I did what I had to do. Yeah. I didn't point fingers. I didn't pout. People wanted me to fight it, get lawyers, all this other stuff. And I said, yeah. I got this. Yeah. And I got into another job, just kept coaching. That's when we wound up at Deptford. And, you know, I just, I just, you know, head for, I, I, I can't tell kids you got to be all in and do things all the time and do things the right way. And then when it's my turn to do that, coward out of it and try to get, you know, backdoor or something like that. So I just did pr pretty much what I believe in and pretty much what I kind of preach. And, you know, and it was my turn to do it. And then, like I said, 24 hours, I had a job. Wow, man, that's that's yep. something else. I mean, you can't throw in the towel just because you got no. bad news. Nope. You, you can't throw in the towel. I mean, listen, I, I had the perfect opportunity. I, remember I It was in Timber. I live in Gloucester Township. 
Timber yeah. Creek's there. My kids were in Little League. Brett was anyway. People are asking me, what happened? What happened? What happened? Like, it, it was a year of just, you know, and, right. you know, and I just, uh, I didn't make excuses. I didn't point fingers. I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything. I just, I just said, okay, I got this. Yeah. And once again, I say it all the time and, you know, God's plan. And, you know, when I say God's yeah. plan to like my kids and stuff, like my daughter's boyfriend just broke up with her and uh, she was crushed okay. out of nowhere. Okay. And I said, it's God's plan. And I said, listen, we can't say it's God's plan when things go good. It's God's plan when things go bad as well. Yeah. So you can't just believe that, you know, okay, that was the plan because it's a success. It's also the plan when it's a failure because guess what? This happened, but the road, the, the next thing might be a hundred times better. Right. You know, you know, we don't know where, where this is leading, but you know, yeah. you have to have faith. You got to take the first step before you, you can see the steps yeah. before you can see the whole staircase. And, you know, right. it's, it's, it's hard sometimes. And, you it know, is. And, and, you know, and people question things. I mean, this stuff going on over with in Israel and stuff, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's terrible. Yeah, absolutely heartbreaking. It's like, you know, and people are like, oh, well, yeah, God, why would God allow those things to happen? Well, I mean, we don't know. No. We don't know the answer. We can't like make a phone call. God, why is this happening? Like, right. you know, but, it, it, you know, we just uh, got to pray for those people. And, uh, yeah. you know, ho hopefully that it ends and it can end peacefully before too many people are hurt or killed. And, uh, it's sad, man. Let me ask you about this, man. I, yeah. I too, uh, married my high school sweetheart. We're we're lucky. We're lucky. Yeah, we're we're rare too. We're not like one percent, man. We're lucky. We were young. Yep. I'm gonna ask you something personal. I know she's gonna watch this too. Sure. Would you recommend youngsters getting married as young as we did? Well, we waited till the end of college. How, how old were you when you got married? Oh man, I was twenty. Just turned twenty three. Okay, we were like twenty five. So yeah, we yeah. waited. Um, she got the job first. We started planning our wedding and then I got my job and then we got married, got a house yeah. that, are, you know, right yeah. on down the line. Um, I think it's got its pluses and minuses. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know you, you speak so highly of your wife and you, the way you, you know, post and, yeah. and like, you know, me as well. I mean, I, I'm not ashamed to put it out there. I mean, people say things to me like, you know, it's so nice to see a man like putting it out there, like how much he loves his family, how much he loves his wife. Well, of course I do. You yeah. know, I'm not ashamed that I'm proud of that. Well, shout out to these women because they knew us when we were boys. That's a good point, um, too. I, I tell her that all the time. But she's like, oh, yeah, the whole weekend's football. I go, listen, you knew in 1985 what you were getting into. Like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, well, but let that's me ask true. You this, man. They, they knew us since we were boys. But let me ask you this, man. Where have you grown the most and what has caused that growth? When you think about you as a man, you know, where have you grown the most and what has caused that growth for you? Um, I think, I, I think I'm more understanding and forgiving as I've yeah. gotten older. Um, yeah. I, I think when I was younger, if somebody did something that was mean or, or, you know, not right that I would kind of cut them off and like, they'd, they'd be dead to me kind of, yeah. um, yeah, I, I think know. as I've gotten older, <laughs> I've, uh, it's funny I'm saying this cause there's, there's a bad story attached to this, but I think, I, I think I've, you know, by having kids, I've seen the world in a, like kind of a different light and, you know, they're branching out on their own now. And it's like, you know, we don't, let's say we don't like this one's family or this one's, and yeah. it's not our decision. So right. I think, right. I think I've been able to kind of, you know, kind of put those feelings aside. I, I listen, I, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't have a fake bone in my body. Like if, if I'm with somebody I don't like, I'm going to be quiet yeah. and I, I don't get mean or mad or anything like that, but I, I get real quiet. And, you know, I, I've been able to, uh, you know, got at 55 years old, but 
I've been able to kind of put those things aside and and just kind of be more understanding that, you know, not everybody's like me. Yeah. Not everybody's all like, like I have people who are like, you know, how did you get through coaching when your kids were little and your wife was stuck with the kids all day? But you were with me. My kids were with me all the time to practice. Yeah, all the time. They're with like they yeah. came with me all the time. Yeah. And I and I think that helped her. Yeah. It also made it easier for me, like instead of putting in all those hours, that they were with me all the time, building forts with the bags and things like that. Right. But I but I think I've been able to kind of like understand people that aren't like that. That people like like say they don't want to coach because they're going home fight with their wife because they have babies at home and stuff like that. Like, I think I've like, I think I'm more appreciative of the fact that, you know, those people have to do what's best for them and not what's, you know, not everybody's like us, man. Not everybody's, you know, when, when you're all in, like I have an all in personality and when I'm all in, I'm all in and it doesn't matter what it is. Like I said, tour my rotator, you know, at the gym working out with 20 year olds, like I'm a lunatic and uh, you know, or all in, you know, trying to diet for Brett's wedding or all in, I'm sure I'm going to be all in as a grandfather. And like, you know, it, it's, it's who I am, but I think I've become more understanding of people who aren't that. And it, let, me, that and let me say like, this too about this grandchild, man. It's, I have three of them. Um, you don't know love <laughs> until that grandchild looks at you and says, I, yeah, pop up, man, everything, else, everybody else can beat it. Everybody else can get gone. It's a really exciting time. It really is. It's a really exciting time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. feel like he was a kid. Like I, you know, I, I was his best man at, at his wedding, uh -huh. and which was a great honor too. I mean, you know, and um, you know, when I gave the speech, I, you know, I talked about like things you have to do to stay married and things like. I, and I always said, you know, you have to find a way. You know, there's yeah. always a there's always a way through. You don't, you know, in this in this generation of instant gratification and what have you done for me lately and how easy it is to walk away from marriage and. You know, you're talking to two guys here who've been, you know, we're closing in on 40 years, man. Yeah. And like, you know, so I feel like I have that enough uh, background to be able to talk on that, that it's not always easy, man. There, it's yeah. not always easy. She was mad at me this morning. You know, I left school. I left here this morning. She was mad at me. But, uh, you know, you come <laughs> home and you go through the day and, you know, I sent her a text at like three o'clock before I went to practice. I'm like, love you. She's like, love you. I'm like, yeah. okay, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I think what our what, what the listeners need to understand and, and the audience needs to understand is that just keep showing up. Yep. Show up 100 percent in your yep. relationship, yep. at your job, on the football field, whatever you're doing. Show up. Be it's present. A, it's and, just and so it, easy to quit now. It's so easy it to is. give up. It it's is. so easy to just, you know, th this is such a, a blame generation and finger pointing generation. And, yeah. you know, it's it's never your fault. And it's like. You know, my kids not like it's all we've always had those parents that my kids don't play enough and blah blah blah. Right. But now it's like right. it's your fault. You're costing them a scholarship. Well, guess what? Scholarships they, like they don't hand those things out, man. No. They're not standing on the corner handing out scholarships. No, you know, I mean, my my own son, like, you know, he was two time All South Jersey, two time on the All State team. Like, I saw how hard that was. They're like, well, he's six one two ten. Like, you know, maybe like, I mean, here's a kid. He had a three zero. He had a yeah. good SAT. We yeah. were at the Naval Academy, West Point, all these other places. And it's like, they don't just hand them out. It's no, like, no, you know, I, and, I, I went through it with my own son. Yeah. There, there's something called a depth chart. See, they're number one on our depth chart. Without a doubt. <laughs> right. Without <laughs> a doubt. You start looking at those other charts. Yeah. They ain't number one at the mother chart. Right. You know? <laughs> well, see, and, and people ask me, they're like, you know, because I, I was able to coach Brad for four years. And like, they're yeah. like, yo, what was it like coaching your son? And I said, on the field, I was his coach. 
like no, like the, there was no daddy ball. There was no like I wasn't extra mean to him or extra nice to him. He was my linebacker. He was a captain. He he was my you know he was my best defensive player at the time. Right. But once we got in the car, I didn't talk football. No, if he wanted yeah. to talk football, he brought football up to me. At home, he'd come down with his Chromebook, be like, Dad, look at this play. Like, how should I? Like, I never would, like, people are like, Oh, well, Brad got good because you probably had him jammed in the closet, look, doing plays and watching <laughs> film. That that never happened one time, never happened yeah. once. Yeah. Well, they, I, I remember Brad when he was young. Brad, yeah. Brad has an energy when he was oh, young, yeah. man, that was, yep. yeah, you know, he, he was everything he did, he did 100%. 100%. And he would throw the football at me, hit me in the back as hard as he could. He wanted to be a Navy <laughs> SEAL, dude. I mean, you know, that's – but he had a bad injury this year, and it's kind yeah. of sad. And uh, and we're going to talk know. about that. We want to yeah. talk, Let's talk about that injury. So he's playing ball, and yeah. uh, he's making the tackle. What happened? Right. Well, first first, first day in pads, he breaks his hand. Dislocates right. his pinky. He was, like, out like Brian Baldinger and uh, broke his hand. So yeah. didn't miss a practice. Got the cast on, playing with it wrapped up. So mm-hmm. now here comes the first game. Uh, second play of the game, he makes a tackle, goes head-to-head. Um, the kid come in with his knee, sliding in with his knee too. So we're not sure if it was the head to head or the knee, Okay. but he's on the ground face down wow. and his legs aren't going to weird angle. Now we're sitting way up in the stands and I'm like, he's out. I yeah. can just tell the way he went down. He was out. Yeah. So we start walking down. I'm watching his leg to see if it moves. His legs like out on a 45 didn't move. Yeah. So by the time we get down there, um, he's unconscious. He was out for, he was out for 50 seconds and didn't move for three minutes. Okay. He started with like this hand twitching thing. And I'm like, is this his involuntary let final movement? Like, so I'm right. literally standing, standing over my son on the football field, me, you know, 14 years as a player, 32 as a coach. And here's my kid laying here. Yeah. And um, I'm just praying, please don't let him be paralyzed. Please don't let him be paralyzed. Yeah. He's, he's like spitting up foam. And, um, you know, I was just praying. And then all of a sudden I saw them move his leg. Okay. As soon as they moved his leg, I realized, all right, well, this is not a complete spinal injury. They wanted to touch him. Right. So when he rolled over, he's like spinning up foam and stuff, and his eyes are just rolled back in his head, and they cut the uniform off, the board, the whole thing. And, um, you know, I rode to the hospital with him. I got tears coming down my face, and I'm just – I kept asking, but I'm here, but I'm here, you know, that he wasn't answering me. And then, um, you know, we we get to the hospital, and he's got movement, and his eyes are just – I mean, glassy as I've ever seen him. He wasn't there. He was like Ed the Hyena from The Lion King. He was like – He's like, you know, so um, they take him in and they do all these tests. They check for, you know, brain injury and bleeding and all this other stuff. And they and they passed him and his neck wasn't broken. So they just ruled it as a severe concussion. But when he starts coming to you like this, he starts coming to in the hospital. He's like, Dad, I'm like, yeah, but I'm right here. He goes, I hit that kid so hard. (laughs) That's the first thing he said. That's a football player, right? That's the there. first thing he said. Player. Yeah, it was awesome, yeah. dude. I it, yeah. like I had to crack up laughing. Yeah. But um, yeah. so they rolled him out for the year, gave him a medical red shirt if he's gonna use it. I I don't know what he's gonna do, but he, you know, he keeps saying I'm not going out that way. This is his third concussion, second time knocked out. Um yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, me getting a Highland job and him coming start coaching with me might be once again God's plan. And that would yeah, that would yeah. be great. And for you know, coaching keeps you in, it's not the same. It's not the same. We, we're old football players. It's not the same. Right. But it, it, but it's second best. You know what I mean? Second it keeps best. you in it, second and best. you know. So, but uh, yeah, listen, man. I said some prayers that night for sure, and that was tough. Well, man, let's help somebody before we wind this up. Let, let's help some parents of athletes who uh, are trying to get 
or their, their, their child expressed an interest to play at, a, at another level. Everybody okay. wants to go D1, but nobody ever talks about one no. AA or right. two or three or, or the other conferences, NAIA. Right. You're a teacher, you're an educator, and you're a coach. Two, two things I want to ask. What, what's the number one thing that keeps them from going to the next level? Grades. We'll, we'll talk. What's the gra- grades. grades? Say it again. Grades. Grades. Great. There you go. hundred percent. Not even debatable. Um, okay. We've had, I've coached more than one kid over the years who a coach will be like, you know, let's say Westchester D2 mm-hmm. coach. You got anybody for us? Cause we really like the safety you have. So guy's okay, got a one six coach. I'm like, all right, done. Don't even look at him. Don't even look at you. That easy. Nope. Yeah. So nope. it's not, it's not politics. It's nope. not, it's no, not race. It's nope. not racism. No, 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 no. It's, no. it's, it's not, uh, you know, that the team was, was garbage. It's nope. grades. Nope. And nope. I just wanted, I wanted the, the, the athletes to hear you say it. 100%. You're an educator and you're a coach. Yep. And so when they come ask for these kids, the first thing they ask about. With, with, without question, it's wow. grades. Wow. Yep. I mean, we have kids right now that, you know, the one kid last May was found five classes in May. Well, school ends in June and you yeah. can only take two in summer school. It's yeah. like, you know, and the kid's yeah. good. He's yeah. good. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's probably the easiest thing to maintain because mm-hmm. not everybody's a division one player, not no. everybody's a division two player, but guess what? If you're, if you're playing college on any level, you were a good high school player. And you're a college you, football player, anywhere. no matter what level you're on. Anywhere, you're yep, player. anywhere, yep. Yeah. So the thing that's going to hold you back, and then what happens is, all right, so a kid bombs out in school, and now he realizes he can't go to college. So I right, might have to go to junior college. Well, a lot of kids aren't going to want to put that time and effort into, you know, but I'll go to a junior college and then try to transfer to Rowan or transfer to Westchester. That's or something a like lot that. of work. That's a, it that's, is. That's the hard way. That's the and, hard way. And, and the thing is, they've already displayed that they don't have that work ethic on the back end where it's important. You know, you're not in the weight room. You're not out on the field. You're not out on the track. It's in the classroom. Yeah. And and these kids think that, you know, that doesn't matter. Well, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm two-time all-conference. I'm a captain at Highland who was five and five two years in a row. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go play in the Big Ten. It doesn't work that way. Great yeah. grades is the biggest, biggest deterrent and the easiest thing to fix if they put their mind to it and their heart to it. Just put the same effort into school that you're doing to, to, to your sport and you'd be yeah. fine. Yeah. You don't have to be straight A's. You're not going to Princeton and Harvard. Right. And if you are straight A's, go to Princeton and Harvard. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, because even even when you play this game, um, it doesn't last long. Nope. <laughs> you know, I, I tease the, the young men that are around me now, they're in their 30s, 31, 32. They all played football, college ball. I said, well, if you were in the league, you'd be done by now. Just want to right. let you know. Right. You're 32. You're not chasing anybody 22. It's over. I mean, look look, look at Brad. Brad <clears throat> yeah. they, they, they told Brad at one point, like, he's one of the only kids that has never missed a workout, like, in, like, five years or whatever. So they didn't miss an off-season workout. Second yeah. play of the season, season over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And maybe career. Yeah. And so and and what I think that that sports teach us and that's every sport, you have to have this work ethic. Mm -hmm. It's on the field. It's in the classroom. Even if you decide not to play collegiate sports, you still need it in the everyday work work life, you know, Um, playing college football. Or college sports is not every kid's dream. Nope. Some kids just want to. I'm done right. in high school, right. but, but you still have to take it. You still have well, to take that work ethic. 
I mean, I, I, I've laid out a blueprint and, you know, if, if coach leaves and I, I get interviewed for the job and, and, um, you know, some of the things I'm going to stress is school comes first. We're going to do community service. We're not getting in trouble in school. Yeah. We're, we're going to be good. We're going to sit in the front of the rooms. We're going to be have manners. We're going to, we're going to do things the right way. Yeah. And guess what? The winning on the field will come because of doing all those things. When you have the work ethic in your life, and it goes from in the building, walking down the hallways, in the classroom, to your schoolwork, to the weight room, out to the field. All of a sudden, you know, Nick Saban talks about the process all the time. When you when you when you do the process right, instead of looking at the end goal, oh, I want to win a state championship. No, no, no. What does it take to get to a state championship? All right. What does it get to have a team full of guys who aren't messing around on the sideline during the game and they're into the game and they're ready to go. And you, you yeah. know, you're too deep yeah. or like Defer used to roll in with five bosses of kids, man. Yeah. That was intimidating yeah. as a kid. Yeah. You're a kid. Defer shows up with a hundred kids, man. It's like, it's like, Whoa. Yeah. Right, well, I mean, yeah. you know, so, you know, to, in order to get that, it, you know, you have to have kids who just buy in like the Defer kids. When you were a kid, they bought into Corby, man. Corby was yeah. a legend, yeah. you know, and, and you see that yeah. at Delcy with, with Sal and you see that, Burlington Township with Madeira and and some other places. And, yeah. you know, they're not just, you know, uh, running the mill. Like we have a good year, have a bad year, have a good year, have a bad. Th those teams are good every year. Every and, year. and that's for a reason, because that's a, that's a program. Those yeah. kids do everything the right way. Billy Fisher up at Seneca, dude, there, there's not a more well-rounded coach in South Jersey than Bill Fisher. Now, I don't know how many championships Seneca has won. Not sure. We lost to him by a point last year in the playoffs. That's my quarterback. You know, Bill, know. Bill's my quarterback. Oh, he was my Bill, quarterback, too. Bill, my quarterback. Yeah, he was my quarterback at Rowan too. So or Glassboro at the time. But yeah. but Billy does everything right, man. He's he got his kids going into elementary schools, reading books to little kids. He's yeah. got the kids doing you know, dinners and and like doing things with the police and and the yeah. you know 9-11 with Andy doing the steps in his yeah. in his fire uniform. And like yeah. Fish Fish does everything the right way. I told him that too. Yeah. Everything the right way. And yeah. you know, like I said, last year we went up there, lost him by a point in the yeah. in, in the semifinals and um you know, he's just a great dude. He always was, always was yeah. a great dude. I have, I have some aspiring coaches listening to this podcast. They're midget football coaches. They have kids to play and, you know, midget, midget balls, whatever it's, is what it is. And they're trying I, my, to, they try to run some defenses. Now I have to ask you, you are a defensive genius of a mind. What is, that thing. what is the easiest defense to teach these eight and nine year olds? Uh, what I would get into now, we we've morphed we've morphed from the four three to the four two five in the last couple of years. Okay, so the four two five is very similar to the four four, which everybody you know it's it's divided right down the middle, so you're even. Right. You got two outside linebackers, two ends, two tackles, two inside linebackers. The only difference is your safety. So a four four, I think on a midget level, you're balanced. There's a lot of blitz opportunities. I mean, listen, I coach my little guys in midgets growing up. And we're blitzing from everywhere. We right. we got into the playoffs with Washington Township. They go, oh, yeah, there's no blitzing in this league. So we couldn't blitz in the finals. We lost 9 nothing to them. <laughs> but but you know, we were coming from everywhere. We had we had signs. We are doing all stuff. Kids yeah. are coming off the edges. Like, yeah. But yeah. but the 4-4 four, four is uh, it's very aggressive. It's balanced. It's easy to teach. And uh, that's probably what I would run on, on a midget level. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Man, listen, I want to thank you. For, for being on the Unstoppable podcast, man, the return of it. I yep. know it was it was a it was personal, a lot of inside things going on here, yeah. man. But I just wanted to talk to you again, man, and and have awesome. you want to say thank you and share some of your knowledge. Now I got to ask you, um, I, I got to ask you some stuff, man. That uh, here's one. Here's what I, I like to ask everybody. There's two things I want to ask everybody, uh, but but you, 
Give me your Mount Rushmore all football all time. Coaches? Coaches. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I got professional go. coaches. Professional. Oh, professional. Yes. All right. I gotta go. Belichick. Okay. Um wow. Don Shula. Ah, uh, goodbye. I had to say I'd put Shula there. Yeah. Don Shula. Um uh, Andy's climbing up the list. I mean, yeah, I'm not an Eagles fan, but Andy's climbing up the list. I mean, I know he's with the Chiefs now, but uh I won't put him in the top four yet. Uh Lombardi. Okay. And you got one more. Yeah. Lombardi. I'm gonna forget somebody. I'm gonna be mad when I get done. Um so we got we got Shula, Belichick, Lombardi. Who else? I, I I'm I'm debating between Bill Walsh. Chuck Noll and Joe Gibbs. You only get one of them. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm going to go Chuck Noll. I was about to say, you got to go with ground I'm going to go Chuck Noll. He won four Super Bowls. And, uh, you know, I mean, Gibbs and, and Wall certainly have their merit. And, you know, like I yeah. said, Andy climbing up the chart. There's George Hallis. There's a bunch of other. I mean, we could go on and on forever. That's, now you only get four, brother. Yeah. And if you could have a billboard anywhere, where would it be? And what would it say? A billboard. A billboard that that everybody could read, and it's your quote and your name under it. Where would it be, and what would it say? All right, ready for this? And I'm dead serious about this. I'm okay. putting it in Canton, Ohio. Okay, and it's going to say Faith Family Football hashtag. <laughs> well, there you have it, man. Thank you, thank you for being on the on the podcast. Back to the program with me, man, and uh, I really appreciate you, man, and and. Give your family my love. Guys, you've been listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. My name is Ralph Grace Jr. Tell somebody about this podcast. Make sure you tune in again real soon, and we'll see you again next time. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Unstoppable. If you like this show, my only request is that you share it with someone you know who needs to hear it. A huge part of the journey of success is doing it in community. So I want you to share this episode with a friend of yours. And if you want to get in touch, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me a DM on Instagram at Ralph Grace Jr. with one thing you loved about this episode. And I will make sure to give you a shout out. I'll see you next week on Unstoppable.